Okay, Parshas Voracious. I mean, to give a summary of the parasha, pretty clear. You got the Sheshis and Mabaracious, all the six days of creation. Then we have almost somewhat of like a, a restart, Ela Toldois. We'll talk about what that is. Ela Toldois, then going back to Adam, Chavis creation, the naming of the people, the challenge of the Nakash with the eights, Hadas, Tevara. We go into their curses, and then the development of mankind, and Enoish, and Avedazara, and all the horrors of the generations before the flood, and finally, Noyak's birth, and Noyak Matzachain, Be'ini Hashem. So pretty much, the beginning of creation was a mess. Maskim, like the Ramban says, and one of the Psukim by Eila told us, he says, each one of the Shesh Mebrejus represents a thousand years of creation. Yom Rishon, there wasn't much development, right? Shemayim Ba'aretz, it was the first thousand years, and developed, and then the second thousand years, and he goes through each thing, but the first thousand was pretty uh, precarious, it was a pretty uh, dangerous situation. Let's begin all the way from the beginning. Beratius, I suggest you open a chumash. Beratius, barley, kim, and shamayim, so the Baal Turim says, Beratius, otherwise, yes, Baal of Tishrei. Baal of Tishrei, Bara Elikim, as a Shemayim, Vesaretz. Now we all know, Al of Tishrei, God did not create heaven and earth. L25 or something. L25 or something like that. Right? Adam was created in Al of Tishrei. Hayoim Aras Oilam. Oh, well, that's also the answer. Why do we say Hayoim Aras Oilam? Today is the birthday of the world. Rosh Hashanah was day six. Not the birthday of the world. The answer is that's called the world. The world is Adam. He's the world. He's the culmination of the world. The purpose of the world. Included in this creature called human are all of the kaiches of the Bria. Every single animal. Every single malach. Everything. That's why the Nefesh Chaim speaks about the godless Adam. We'll speak about it a little bit further. What a human being can do is way beyond what a malach can do. Because a malach is in the Ismadrega. We span all the universes. When we do something... We're included the entire universe in every mitzvah we do. When we make a bracha, it's like we're taking the ingredients of every single galaxy and every single creature in the world together. Oh, it's Perikshira. Nice. A frog sings. When I sing, <laughs> I sound like a frog too, right? When I sing, a frog is singing. And when I sing, a bird is singing. And when I sing, a snake is singing. And a malach is singing. Because a human being encompasses every single piece and facet of creation, he is the Olam. So, the real completion of creation of Shemaim Varetz and everything in between was the human being. And that was Taka Be'echod Be'tishrei. Okay, so that's about Turim with the Emes Liyakov, with Yaakov Kamenetsky saying, and Al Petishrei was the culmination because of humankind. So what Sayu Vavayu? Art school teaches Toyu as astonishingly empty. I'm not sure where they get it from, but Toyu uh, Vavayu 
the way the Mepharshim explained to me, um, the, the, the Yonis of Menazila is one thing, the Uncle says, have a sadya, very kanya, maybe that means astonishingly empty. Um, the Ramban says, Toyu means all of creation was included in this first speck that Hashem created. And that's Toyu and Bayu. Toyu means it was confused, it was all mixed together, and Bayu in it. Everything was in, can you imagine, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if science is right when they say a black hole, it sucks everything into it, even light. Can you imagine if you have something that is so tiny, it sucks the entire world into it? Says Ramban, Hashem originally created an entity of energy for the spiritual world and an entity of energy for the physical world. That's Shemayim Varetz, not the sky and the land. We don't get to that later. Shemayim Varetz was spiritual energy and physical energy. And within that little tiny drop of energy contained all of the matter and mass of all of the galaxies and universes. That's why you probably can't create anything new. And that thing was so tiny, right, that you can't see it and you couldn't feel it. When this Ramban was shown to Einstein by Rav Cook, Einstein fainted. He said, I thought I was the one that said energy is matter. And it's Ramban. So Ramban says, and that is all of the world's energy, all of the world's power, all of the world's mass, everything was concentrated into one speck of energy for Shemayim, for heavens, for spiritual things, and Aretz. And that's Toyu Vavayu, says Ramban. What does it mean? This was not a darkness due to lack of light. This was actually similar to what we say, that there's two types of fire. There's a fire that's black fire and white fire, whatever that means. There's black energy and white energy, dark energy, dark matter. Call it what you want in all of the different modern terms of science. But this was dark energy or dark matter. That's the chayshach al over here. Not just absence of light. Not like makhish, but chayish, but it's like a thickness. What? I don't, I don't think so. That's not how they describe it. Um, unbelievable. The Sephardo says the Rach um, was Yatsam Lefnelikim. A spirit, a wind went out from before God and caused this little energy form to spin. And that began friction. And friction had heat. And heat makes sparks. Now that's not the type of light that we're talking about. This is a whole different type of light. Probably if you'd look at it, you wouldn't even see light. It's a different type of light. The Sephardim also says that this was a light that it says that Kajmaruk would end up putting away for the Tzaddikim Lassad Lavai. He says this is a type of light that gives energy and allows things to grow even without them having original potential. Such as, it says, when Chiesa Mason comes, you'll have grain, instead of grains growing out of the ground, you'll have gluska. You'll have loaves. On bread? Yeah. Already cooked and how you should bake? Now, there's no kayak in the zero to do that. Not only that, it says clay milas. Instead of having cotton fibers growing from the ground, you'll have fabric <laughs> growing from the ground. 
Now the Zera didn't have that ability, but this is going to be like this cool, you know, like they have these UV lights that like does stuff. I don't know, like bonds things and dries things. And they do it on your cavities. No, they really shine UV light. So little, I don't know what that thing does, but it's cool. Anyway, this is a type of light that has the ability to produce without all of the potential actually being there. What's amazing is that the the Balaturin says. Vayara elikim es ha'or. What is that or? Gematria batayra. And that's what Takwa's statement chazal, that that or haganus is hidden in the Torah. Torah has the ability to bring out the most marvelous things in people who everybody would have said never had the potential. Oh, him, my Rebbe, grew up. What? Vayara elikim es ha'or. Ha'or. Es ha'or is batayra. Es ha'or. And it's also Gematria Tayyad. But anyway, so I, I had a Rebbe of mine in 11th grade. He was an old man. He said when he was a kid, when he was a kid, he grew up in the shul of the Chazonish. And Rabbi Yomishai at that time was already older. He was like 20, 30, I don't know how old he was. And the kids used to make fun of him. He's the Meshuggah. Because he would daven Shemineswe and cry so much that the spot with the Chazanish with Davin, the wood, the wooden planks of the shul had rotten away from the salty tears. And they used to look at him like, like the Meshuggah. Nobody thought he had potential. All he did all day was sit and learn. You don't need talents. Torah brings out things that, at least to the naked eye, nobody would have said you had the seeds in you for those things to grow. But you learn Torah, things grow. That's the Arhagonis. That's that special... Light. It's hidden in the Torah, and it's hidden in the Sheshit Okay, what's the Vayoymer? What does the word Vayoymer mean? Vayoymer. We know about Sarah Mamores Nevroilam. The world was created with ten utterances, right? We learned about it in the Megillah. Ten days, Vayoymer. But the first Vayoymer is over here, and there's only nine of them. Says the Gemara. Bereshis Baruch Hakimas Hashemayim Vesaris was also with an Amira. Was a bedvar Hashem shemayim nasu uvraktiv kol tzvar. There was also bedvar Hashem. Says the Maral. Why doesn't it say vayoyimer elokim yehi shemayim varetz? Says at that point the bria was so non-existent yet that there was no room even for an expression of Hashem's will. All the vayoyimers over here. Does it mean that God actually said the words vocally, like with sound waves? No. The Mefarshim say vayoyimer over here means Hashem. Willed. He had a chayfetz veratzay. And he had an expression of that will. Kivayachal, if we were to think in human, in human terms, to consciously think of something. So kivayachal, when Hashem thought there should be a world, there was a world. But in the first step of creation, it was so absolute nothing, just God, there was no even room for a, if you want to call it, conscious expression. So you couldn't even write that yoyim over there. It's just... Gracious Baalakim. But Chazal tell us really it also came through some expression, but the Torah couldn't even write it openly. Allah Okay. Hashem saw the light was good. Good always means the Ramban says good means it was final. Nothing had to be changed about it. What's Erev? What's Baker? So there's one message that says Hashem created the art 
And then he light, turned off the light. You know, but he have a little bit problem because they're out of order. If the first thing Hashem said was Vayihi, he or then it should say Vayikavayera. Something's wrong over there. So some of Hashem say that Akash Baruch Hu made the light shine in the Mayrav, in the West. So that's Erev. was Shokai be Mayrav. So that's Erev. Whatever that means. What? That's Erev. Before Baikar. And Hashem brought it out in the East. And that was Baikar. But there's an amazing Sepharno and there's an amazing Evan Ezra. And they say, Erev and Baikar in the beginning of creation till we had a sun and a moon doesn't necessarily mean night and day the way we understand it. Which is Machloik with the Ramban. People talk about the timing of the world. Now there's one Gemara that says that the world was created old. When Adam Rishon had to, I don't know, make his first campfire, you know, cut wood, cook. He was going to trap, what was he going to chop? A twig? A one-day-old tree? A two-day-old tree? There's nothing to chop. He's going to chop logs on a tree. When he chopped those logs, how many rings did it have? Any scientist would say this, this was a 20-year-old tree. He got a nice big log on it. Look, there's 20 rings. God made the world old. That's a Gemara. Before the scientists came up with any dating, and we don't need any apologetics, we don't need any new inventive answers to the aging question. There's a Gemara straight up, I think it's Yuma, that says Hashem created an old world. How about Adam Rishon himself? Like open his eyes, goo goo ga, like he was a baby? He was an infant? He was born an adult. Now, if some scientist would go and do a test on his body right then, he would say he's 20 years old. He's 30 years old. God created an old world. Adam needed fruits to eat. Fruits don't grow in two days, three days. Besides the fact, it'll be Arla. You know where Arla is? First three years, you can't eat fruit. So they have to be old fruit. I recently read from some big Tarmacochum scientist that there's a lot of bacteria, microorganisms that we need to live. You know, health, that, that it's part of the ecosystem that we need, that they, they eat and they live <laughs> off of ancient fossil rot. So they have to be fossils in the world. They were thousands or millions of years old on day five. So the, so the scientists then that, that say that, that the world is X amount of years Hashem old. made it 5,783 years ago, but he made it old. He made a tree 5,783 years ago. Hashem made a tree that any scientist would look at and say, oh, oh it's 86 years because look at the three rings. <laughs> we we so found that first. I have a problem with it. Because according to the Cheshben, Shem made an old world. That's right. What's your reason for reading the world old? Because he needed it. Other needed fruit. What's he going to do? Wake up. Oh, let's wait for that stuff to grow. <laughs> He's got, that's the point. He made, he made an ice. He made a fruit. Instead of making a seed that takes a few months to grow and produce that apple if he ate an apple whatever it was Hashem made an apple which anybody would say oh that apple must have grown from that tree and that tree has a trunk that's that thick 
That's a seven-year-old apple tree. Well, you know it's true because it's a dust. It's a seven. Right? Right. Right. Of course, it was a nice. Let's just say the Gemara says Hashem created an old world. Think about it this way. You ready? <laughs> you want? You want? When Adam was first created, was there stars? Was there what? No. Stars. Stars. Did he look at the sky? No. Was there mazalos? Of course, the mazalot. Right? We, we said the world was created by Alvatishrain. That depends on the moon and the stars and the location of the earth, right? Relative to all the stars and the constellations. Now, the light of the stars takes years to get here. So, whoop, <laughs> there are holes in the sky. <laughs> it takes years, light years, right? To get here. <laughs> we needed diamonds for the Mishka. Takes thousands of years for, for things to turn into diamonds. They didn't have lab-grown diamonds. Hashem created diamonds. Hashem created an old world. Plain and simple. Just like Adam himself, his body was old. He was created as an adult, as I state. So then what's Erev and Vaikar? The Sephardim have an Ezra say, Erev and Vaikar. Erev comes from the word Ta'aruvis, a mixture. There was a period of confusion. And Baikar is like when you analyze something and you bring something out to clarity, like Bikur Chaylam, when you inspect the needs of a Chaylam. Bikur is to clarify something. <coughs> Erev means there was a mixture. Baikar means there was a new period of clarity. And the world went through six such phases. And you want to know how long each one was? I don't know. It could be there were 24 hours. It could be not. First three days certainly could have been more. The Ramban says that even the first three days of creation before the sun and the moon, they were Sha'is or like we have. He doesn't say that a day was 24 hours. But he does say that time worked the same way that time works now. It was time. Okay. But the Ramban seems to suggest that it was 24 hour periods, but Hashem made an old world. But the Ebenezerah and the Sfarna, they learn Erev and Baikar doesn't mean day, night, like we understand 24 hours. Erev and Baikar just means taruvis and clarity. Mixture and clarity. Okay. So we go through all of the Bria, and finally we come to Adam Marisha. I know we're fast forwarding a little bit, but I want to cover some. Uh, Nice topics over here. Let us make man in our salam, in our form, in our demus, in our image. And he will take charge of the fish in the seas and the birds of the sky and the animals and all the creatures, everything. Says the Gemara from this Pasuk, all the Apikarsim came. God said, let us make man. Who's us? So Rashi says, Belashananivas. When you're doing a big project, you don't say, oh, I. It's like Balgai. Say, we. How are we feeling today? Say, we. <laughs> right? A humble person speaks, we. There's no capital I. In English, there's 
capitalized. So Hashem said, now this is an amazing thing. To teach us a lesson of Anivas, Hashem ran the risk of writing something in the Torah that for thousands of years people are going to use as Apicarus to say that there were two creators. You know, I'm okay with that risk. I'm fine with it. This is a very important message I have to bring. I can't write, let me make man. Now, another shot in Nasa, here's along the lines of what I said to you, said to you before. Nasa means let all of creation be involved in the creation of man. All of the creatures of creation are involved in man. You got everything in you. Okay? So that's Nasa Adam Betzalmenu, Kid Musainu. What does it mean, Betzalem? Does God have a form? What does it mean? It says in Efshachayim, Mamish, right in the beginning of Efshachayim, what does it mean, Betzalmenu? When you say, you know, I, I pull out a picture, you know, my ID. Somebody says, is that you? Is that me or me? That's not me. That's a two-dimensional photograph, black and white, <laughs> of me. That's not me. This is me. I'm me. But people will say, that's me. I mean, that's me. That, that's a one-inch thing. I'm five foot. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's not me. That's a one-inch photograph, pixelated in who knows what. The answer is, we'll say that something, if it has any comparison to something else, we say that's that. So when Hashem says, let us make man bitsalmenu, that means that in some way, man is going to be like us. Now notice, it goes bitsalmenu, kidmusenu. Bitsalem and kidmus. So bitsalmenu, the Mepharshim say is, the fact that a human being has intellect and the kayak habechira. That's bitsalmenu. But kidmusenu, we're not exactly like God of the Malachim. A malach does not have bechira. He's forced to do whatever he does. On the other hand, in a certain way, yeah, Hashem also can't choose bad. So we're not exactly like God, because we can also choose bad. So that's kid Musenu. We're not mamish in the demos of Hashem. Others say kid salmenu bechachma. Kid Musenu means bemalacha. Others say potential and, and, and active. A lot of different understandings in bitsalmenu kid Musenu. Okay. So we know the Gemara says, man was originally created, both, a male and female, front and back. Okay? Pretty strange. Um, the Balaturim says, Zakar is Gematria, Bracha. Don't say this at home. Nekeva is Gematria. Klala. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? The answer is you have to understand what klala or any ra means. Okay? Ra or midas hadin is something we've discussed this many times in the past. Something that demands and receives is limited and has a cavity to receive. That is din. That is ra. It's something that has a chesarin, it's limited, and it seeks to fill that chesarin. 
and that is the Yisoyed of an Akeva. On the other hand, Bracha is where something is providing and giving. It's not limited, and it's not looking to take or receive or to fill any yet. That's Bracha. So the Zakr is the one that provides and gives to the Nekeva. So we're not saying that women are bad, <laughs> but it's just saying that women are receptacles. Women are there, that's what it says in the home also. The man is Midas Chesed, the woman is Midas Din. This Chesed and Gvura, that's how it works with Zakar and Akeva <coughs> throughout the entire world. Okay. Hashem says, I'm giving you everything to eat. Hashem finished heavens and earth. Rashi has a problem. It says Hashem finished on day six. And then it says Hashem finished on day seven. It says Rashi, Hashem is the only one in the world that could do this on, the, on that, you know, quadrillionth of a second. Finish one, start the other. We're incapable of doing such a thing. Second shot, Rashi says. Hashem did finish doing something on Shabbos. What did Hashem make on Shabbos? The idea of doing nothing. Till now, the world is very active. Hashem made this, Hashem made that, Hashem made this. Nothing stopped. Hashem now started for the first time. He created the idea of stop. That's what Hashem created on day seven. The idea, the concept, the ability for things just to stop. Okay? There's a message that says that Hashem Vaichal Alakim Bayim Hashvi Malakti Hashirasa. So Rashi says all of his work was done. What's what the Komalakti Hashirasa? It sounds like two different things. Vaichal Alakim Bayim Hashvi Malakti Hashirasa. Vayish Bayim Hashvi Mikomalakti Hashirasa. Rashi says Friday we have double the work. Any work that could have, should have, would have been done on the seventh day of creation gets stooped into Friday, and that's why no matter how late Shabbos is, there's always double the work. There's always, it's always jam-packed. Friday's always jam-packed. So Rashi says, Friday squeezed in all of the work of Friday and Shabbos. That's the two Lashonis over here. Okay. But there's a Medrash that says that a Kodesh Baruch who started creating something and stopped in the middle, and that is the Shadim. It says a Kodesh Baruch who started creating the Shadim, and he didn't get a chance to create a body for them when it was Shabbos. When it became Shkia, it came time for Shabbos, which sounds like, oh, God, ran out of time, you know, the clock was ticking, oh, God, yeah, three, two, one, eh. no basket, you know, sorry, doesn't count. What's going on over here? So, some of our Shem, I think the more of Shem, it's his chat, I'll be Hasidus, but, um, um, who's chat that I want to share with you? The Arachayim, the Arachayim HaKadosh says, beautiful chat. The fact that we stopped, we finished all our work on Friday, Okay. We don't do work at Shabbos. But the Abishta wanted to do something. But Davka started creating the Shadim at the last second. So he should not finish them. And they should be an unfinished product, which unfinished products cause Hezek. That's why we call Shadim Mazikim. They cause Hezek. An unfinished product. It's not like, oh, I finished, I'm done. Okay, listen, closing the book. No, you're in the middle of doing a project. You leave a project in the middle, it causes problems. And Hashem wanted to teach us a lesson that even if 
it means dropping a project in the middle, which is going to cause big problems like the Shaitan do. You still do that for Shabbos. So Hashem purposefully started creating the Shaitan at that last moment to be left unfinished with all the problems that come along with it to teach us a lesson no matter what. Even if it's going to cause you a huge loss, a huge hefzid, comes Shabbos, big Adalia Gumber, you drop everything that you do. That's the Orachayim HaKadosh, okay? So it says, HaKadosh Baruch finished Kol Nalakta. It's just something to share. I, I, I mentioned it today in my uh, halakha, what's happened. That was, uh, Rashi Mishach says that Moilid is considered similar to Malakha. Moilid is any productive thing that you make a recognizable change to something. On Shabbos Yamdif, that's also because it's Doimah. To Malaka. Even in Machshava, Rashi says from, from the Psukim over here that a person should be uh, 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 in his mind as if he has nothing to do. Even in his mind. Now, you're not going to even kill Shabbos if you think and plan uh, you know, about your business and all the work you have to do. But if a person is Shabbos, even by Machshava, that's the way it's supposed to be, as if Hakol Nase Kvan. That's the way it's supposed to be. Let's go further. We have Eilat told the Shemayim Varetz. What's this new repeat? This is the birth of Shemayim Varetz. So Eilat told us, this furnace says, that everything until now, like God set up, now things are moving, where one thing leads to the next. Hakash Baruch goes, he tells Adam Arishayim, uh, sorry, I, I want to, Hashem Elikim. Hashem Elikim as Shemayim. So Rashi says, in the first six days of creation, it's all shame. Elohim, midas hadim. Now we bring up midas ha rachamim. Hashem elohim. What's the din? What's the rachamim? The Misosh Sharm says, rachamim does not override din. What do they do? Din would say if a guy does the slightest aver in the world, boom, obliterate him, decimate him, microwave him, gone. Right? That's din. That's what he deserves. What Rachman does is, number one, Hashem delays it. Patience. Number two is, instead of Hashem slamming the guy in one big shot, he does it incrementally. That's Rachman. And in that way, Rachman is not changing and overriding din. The din is there. It's almost like if you owe somebody $1,000, you should pay him back on the spot. But when you pay incrementally, would you say that it's not kidding? Would you say that it's not Kiddin? Is it wrong? It's not wrong to pay incrementally over time. So a loan extension, a loan extension, and paying incrementally, that's Rachman. Hashem saw that if he creates the world just with Din, <laughs> goodbye world. Goodbye world. First thing that goes wrong, bang. Bang. What do you mean? Of course it would be Bechir. Why wouldn't it be Bechir? The whole point of the world is Bechir. You won't have time for that. The world will be gone before you knew it. <laughs> before you could learn your lesson. That's the point. You wouldn't get a chance to learn your lesson. Boom! You see on somebody else. <laughs> there would be nobody else. Other Mechavah wouldn't make it past day one. <laughs> that's the point. So Shita full of Midas Arachman, that's what happened. They didn't drop that on the spot. 
that could have, should have, would have been Midas Adin. And that's it. That's what it means. So what Hashem do? He gave them a loan extension. Adam will kill you after a thousand years. Adam said, 930 is enough, I'll give 70 to David. Okay. Right? <laughs> so Hashem gives him an extension. He's going to die, but after a very long time. You give an opportunity for tshuva. So the extension and the fact that instead of it being in one big shot, a big clap, Hashem gives you a stub toe and a parking ticket, you know, and a, and a, and a fever and a bad day with a client. All of these things are incremental kaparas for something that was done instead of chas v'shalom, a massive, huge clap. That's Hashem Elohim. Okay. So, it says, the eighth on the eighth Nas. I'm sorry, Peir Gimel, yeah, Peir Gimel. Fast forward over here. The Nachash, did he actually speak? Did he didn't speak? It's a Machlegis. Three year Machlegis. Was the Nachash just an embodiment of the Eight Sahara? And the Malach spoke? Or when it says that the Nachash spoke, it just spoke Burmese, it was like sign language, or using sounds like animals to communicate, but it wasn't actual speech? Or did the Nachash actually talk? The Ebenezer says, Pashabshah, the Nachash spoke, just like the Chamor of Bilam spoke. Period. Real. Regular speech. Not only that, I hate when my Talmudim say that Nakash was what? Just don't say it. What was a Nakash? Oh, yeah, I remember this. You told us last The Nakash was not a snake. The Nakash was a homo sapien. He wasn't in class. No, you told us it was a snake. What? Last, last year, I think I said it was a Schweitzer. <laughs> no, last year you actually didn't say it. You didn't say it. I didn't say that today either. Okay. The Nachash was not a snake. It maybe it became a snake. The Nachash was a walking, talking, two-footed, two-handed creature that spoke and wanted to marry Chava. So why what? was it called a snake? You call it a snake. Don't call it a snake. God then demoted it. <laughs> and it became what we call nowadays a snake. But originally it wasn't a snake. I know people that, oh, oh, it had two feet, so they make like, you know, the Geico gecko. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm the I'm <laughs> no! Who, who gave it a tail? Who was like walking around this green thing with the funny nose? Come on! It wanted to marry Chava. That was the plan. The Nachash's plan was give food, let Chava take from the Itzadas. She's going to honor her husband and offer him to eat first. He's going to die. He's going to die. I get Chava. I'm the king of the world. That was the Nakash's plan. Failed. Didn't work out. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. So, she, she was chutzpahing. She ate If he knew, if the Nakash knew that uh, by him, that uh, Adam and Chava were not allowed to eat from the tree, that shows that he doesn't care like what, about what Hashem That's right. So why didn't he just he like, cursed. why didn't he just like take action before? Why did he have to wait to kill Adam and then? What do you mean? Like, couldn't he have just taken her as a wife like forcefully by then, the Nakash? Um, some say he actually did. Oh. And that's where we say Tumas Nida comes from. Because the Nakash put some Tumas into her. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't just push her against the tree. He did something there. So uh, the Nakash was a pretty, uh, pretty bad guy. And not just a snake, that's for sure. Okay, so the Nakash spoke, he challenges them, gets them to eat. Um, let's see what else. Time's up already, but... Fati uh, Pachna, which i got to share this one with you. They opened up their eyes and now they realize they were naked. <gasps> right? 
Sakash Baruch who created fig leaves for them, Perikim of Pasuk Zayin. Vatipachtim, what second? What does the word mean? He opened up their eyes. Their eyes opened up. Until now, their eyes were closed. What does that mean? So sometimes it to mean figuratively. You know, they got enlightened. They got enlightened. Says the Rebjonis and Ibishitz. You ready for this? Bali Madriga. See without their eyes. Like we know from people who have near-death experiences, the Nisham is able to see with the eyes closed. You have people that are literally on a surgery table, their eyes are closed, and they saw things. Plenty of stories. A Baal when you are close to your soul, you can see without your eyes. But once you lose that madriga and you're more attached to your body, you can only see with your eyes. And he touches these words literally. For the first time, they had to open their eyes to see. Oh, their eyes were closed the entire time, basically? I don't know if it had to be, but there was no need. There was no need to see with their eyes. But over here, that's why it says on Bilam, he was on a low madrega of Nevuah. Noifel, so he had to open his eye. Only on, he only had one eye I could see, right? But he had to see through his eyes because he was on a very low madrega of Nevuah. Anyway, there's a lot more to say, but we gotta go.